It's like who should take it, and and is there a population that doesn't really need to take it? You know, um, as far as like, if, if let's say you're young, healthy. Um, you know, um, and then like you just said, like what if about about the underlying conditions there are there people that it could have a negative effect on? And, and let me just expound on that by saying is like I am one who feels that we are over medicated as a population, you know, just just in general. Right. Um, right. Like so even with vaccinations, I, like I would love if if our if our PCP could look at us individually and say, you need this, you don't need this. Like, you know, because, because to your point of, of when we take our kids to the doctor. Like, like I actually do question it. You know what I mean? Because I, because I, because I feel like that, like uh, vaccine injuries are something like they can happen if it's something that that my child, you know, um, if my child's body, uh, you know, rejects. So, so, so to sum up that question, are, are, are there are there certain people that don't need to take it, uh, whether it's because of underlying condition or it can negatively infect? Right, and, and I think the first group that we know about that we say, hey, be careful with this if you have a history of severe allergic reactions, particularly to vaccines. That's somebody who, at, at the very least, you should talk to your doctor. Um, everybody who has any questions about whether or not they should be taking it should talk to their doctors. Right? Mm-hmm. That's the that's the first point. But I, I keep in mind that you know that's speaking from a point of privilege, right? Not everybody has a doctor. Not everybody mm-hmm. has that kind of access to care. So, true, true. so I think what I tell people is, if you've got diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, some heart disease, some lung disease like asthma, this shot is designed for you. Right. Because COVID is going to do a number on you. This shot is designed to keep you from getting COVID and save your life more than likely. Mm -hmm. Right. So those individuals absolutely should be looking to. And in fact, they're prioritized. They are higher on the list in terms of when to get shots, because if you have any kind of heart disease, any kind of lung disease, then we or any kind of chronic medical conditions, you're more likely to have severe COVID and bad outcomes. And so that's why we say if you've got chronic medical conditions, please get, you know, get vaccinated as soon as possible. I get a lot of questions about folks with autoimmune conditions and, you know, I have family members who have or have had lupus or or other autoimmune conditions, rheumatoid arthritis, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, For them, the risk isn't actually autoimmune disease itself. It's kind of the fact that they're on medications that turn down their immune system. And so the question is whether or not they would, you know, create a good immune response to the vaccine, right? And so that's, again, a conversation to have with your doctor about how to time the vaccine with your medications to get the maximum benefit. Um, I think that, you know, what we'll find by the end is that uh, everybody can benefit from this vaccine uh, as long as it's safe for them. And I think we're still, you know, investigating how safe it is for kids, that sort of thing. For young adults, keep in mind, we've seen the number of cases is risen sharply in younger Americans. That is how this virus is getting around our communities. Right. Older Americans are not the ones out moving about uh, all over the place. Younger Americans are the ones really spreading this virus and allowing it to really take hold in our communities like this. So by vaccinating them, again, that helps. Now, the COVID vaccine doesn't stop people from getting COVID, but it does stop severe COVID. And I think that's helpful because, we, you know, I've seen really sick 25 year olds and 30 year olds. So, again, another reason why people should be protected. You know, I think it's kind of akin to. If you're traveling internationally, you, you say, hey, I finally you saved up this cash. I'm going to take this trip. And um, and they say, oh, well, to go to this country, you need the yellow fever vaccine. Well, like, you're like, mm-hmm. right, I want to take the trip. So, yes, I'm going to get the yellow fever vaccine. You know? Yeah, I'm sorry. So it's kind of like that in the sense that, like, hey, if we want to get our country really moving again, this vaccine is a key part of it, right? Because we're, we're trying to prevent deaths. That's what it mm-hmm. comes down to. And that's what this helps us to do. Yeah, I think Aaron had a question. Yeah, um, so obviously, um, I appreciate all the great uh, information, Dr. Webb. Um, I saw, been reading a couple articles about the UK with the new 
um, a, a new strain that's coming out um, that's been really harming and, and affecting people. How are we here in the U.S. or how is the, the vaccine going to be able to pivot or, or work through that new strain? Um, are you, do you guys have the ability to kind of understand or, or, or figure out in, in season while it's happening how this vaccine is going to adapt to this new strain that they said could be here uh, possibly in March or beginning of spring. And then the second question is, how have you, what are you guys going to do to continue to work globally? Because obviously, like for example, in certain countries like China, it's like, I don't want to, it's like a free market. There's like 10 million different vaccines out there. Um, are you going to adapt some of those approaches and moving forward and, and, and things of that nature? Well, and first off, I should say I'm speaking, you know, for me personally. So I'm not speaking on behalf of the administration in this yep, in this absolutely. conversation. But I think that, um, you know, to your first question about how the vaccine works when we have changes, every virus mutates. They mutate at different rate. And a lot of people have that question because of the flu and how uh, how influenza works. And they know right. that every year we get a different flu vaccine because the flu mutates. And and so you don't know what strain of the flu we're going to get that year. And so you know, the shot from last year won't be effective against the flu this year. Coronaviruses are a little different. And so what they did when they designed this vaccine is they targeted one part of uh, the coronavirus that's pretty consistent. It's called the spike protein. And if you think about like a lock and a key, uh, the spike is actually the key that goes into the keyhole. And, and the way that it works is there's a cell in your body called the ACE2 receptor and the, the spike on a coronavirus is called corona because it's like a crown. And so it's one of those little spikes at the crown. You know, that spike goes right into the, the receptor and the ACE2 uh, cell and it, 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 that's how it gets into the body. Mm. Now, that spike itself is pretty long. It's got lots of different proteins in it. When we say it's a variant, that means that some of the proteins have changed. And in fact, the UK variant, we call it B117, mm-hmm. uh, it's had a slight change in one of the proteins at the tip of that key that allows it to lock into that cell a little more effectively. That's how it spreads more effectively. Well, the way that the vaccine works is actually pretty, pretty impressive. It's a, it's a code for the entire spike. And so instead of just focusing in on one little part, one little protein, it's giving your body, hey, this is the list of all the different proteins that are in this spike. And so let's say there's one mutation that allows it to lock into that mechanism a little more easily. Well, you, your body still has the, the, the code to look for all those other parts that didn't okay. mutate, that, that aren't part of the and so the vaccine will still be efficient for that reason until there is such a significant change in the spike protein that none of those immuno, like, uh, you know, immune responses that have been created right. recognize that spike anymore. And I don't think we have any reason to believe that. In fact, they've tested uh, the uh, the efficacy of the vaccine against that that particular strain, the UK variant. And you know, there's a South African variant, a Brazilian variant, right. um, that sort of thing. So we're going to see variants. We're going to, and, and I think we're going to see those. You mentioned kind of March, April. That's when we expect because the UK variant's already here, right? It's in New York, it's in California, it's in Florida, Colorado, Connecticut, right? We've seen it all over. It's probably in every state by now. It spreads faster. What I always say is that, you know, we expect that it's going to become the dominant strain because of how efficiently it spreads. So we have to look out. And I was telling folks the other day, um, this is a time for us to really buckle down on that mask wearing, right? Because mm-hmm. when you have a strain that's less forgiving, because it's so good at locking into your cells and getting into your body, hmm. you need to wear, you need all the protection you can get, right? So it's going to be a little less forgiving for those things like, you know, not wearing a mask or indoor dining or that sort of stuff. And so uh, we've got to be really careful. That's Again, important. That's that's important, important. Yeah. yeah, important to note. Yeah. Hey, so so we um we, we have questions rolling. I'm, I'm gonna try to get through these real quick. So one is um was asking you to to talk about uh 
herd immunity. I don't even know what that is. Hopefully you do. So talk about herd immunity um, too, uh, because we would have many shutdowns. Yeah, so herd immunity is really the the reason why we're doing this to, to a large extent, right? So the idea is that um, you know you don't need a hundred percent of the population to be vaccinated to stop a virus from spreading. You really just need some percentage so that the virus doesn't have enough places to go after a while. It's just like, well, I can't get them, can't get them, can't get them, and eventually, for a virus to stick around, it has to infect at least one other person uh, plus. Plus, so more than one other person every time it, it comes through. So I think the idea of herd immunity, we we have various estimates, but we think we have to get about 70 to 80 percent of the population who aren't at risk of, of, of the disease, uh, who are immunized against the disease. Some people get immunity having had a prior infection um, with COVID, and we know that immunity only lasts a little while. Um, you know, with the number of Americans who've already had COVID, right? And we know we've got millions of Americans who've had COVID. Um, and with the number who are who are immunized, we still are nowhere near that 70% threshold. We don't want uh, to get to that 70% threshold by people just naturally getting COVID just because of the, the number of people who would die if it came down that way, right? Mm-hmm. And so the vaccine at least helps protect against severe COVID and protect against death. And so that's where herd immunity comes in. We say, well, we've got to vaccinate our way to herd immunity. And that's why, you know, you've heard um, President-elect Biden saying 100 million shots in 100 days. So that tells you by April 30th, that's almost a third of the American people are going to be vaccinated. And then that's huge because it helps prevent that spread of the virus. And and hopefully we exceed that number. Right. Hopefully we go even beyond that. Um, And what I'm always looking to is I'm saying you say 100 million people. You can find 100 million people, but are you getting the communities that are hardest hit? There's been this right. graphic circulating of Washington, D.C., and it shows where people are dying on one side, and then it shows where people are getting vaccinated on the other, and it's completely different communities, right? And, and I think that's where we say some of that is that vaccine hesitancy. It's folks saying, I don't know if I want to get that, but some of it is just a lack of access. You know, there are three yeah. parts of vaccine hesitancy and 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 one of them is, is convenience. Can I actually get this? And so we've got to make sure we're designing a you know, an immunization program that allows everybody to have access. But yeah, that's how we have to get to herd immunity. We want to get there as quickly as possible because, you know, yes, we're kind of in the heat of it right now, but if we can cut this thing off and stop the spread of this virus, then we have a real chance of having, you know, more and more of a return on normalcy as 2021 wears on. Awesome. Awesome. Thank thank you for that. Uh, So um, just one more. And I I know Giles had one. Um, So the the, the listener states, um, I've heard a lot of people say since I've had COVID or suspected that I had it, I can't get it again. For those who prayerfully have not gotten the virus, if they get the vaccine, what is the probability of their immunity to the disease? Also, also, does the vaccine prevent transmission to others if someone who had it and recently got over it gets vaccinated, then goes out around other people or the reverse is asymptomatic and gets vaccinated and is around people? Yeah. So so really good questions there. Um, So first thing that we learned pretty early on. Uh, in the pandemic was that you can get infected with COVID more than once. And so, you know, that's that's a little bit challenging because somebody has an infection and we hope, okay, they're out of the list of people who could get infected. No, with COVID, that immunity doesn't last long enough for you to to not get infected again. That's where the immunity we have from the vaccine is actually better. So for folks who've had COVID before, if it's been at least 90 days, which is our recommendation, then we say get vaccinated to make sure that you have a longer immunity to this. Now, now the question here is, does the vaccine 
prevent people from getting COVID, period, right? What we know that it does is it keeps people from dying. It keeps people from having severe COVID, so getting hospitalized. It keeps people from being symptomatic. But we don't have you know, complete proof at this point that it keeps people from getting infected at all. And that's important, right? Because we know that 40% of people who get COVID have no symptoms whatsoever. But for that other 60%, mm-hmm. COVID does a number on you. And for some right. people, they have it for months. And so for that 40%, they're like, oh, okay, you know, I didn't even know I had COVID. I just, you know, got an antibody test and found I had it. Well, that's more of what people would experience. Here's the thing. If you have an asymptomatic infection, you can spread it to your grandma who right. hasn't been vaccinated, right? And so the, the key here is people still are going to need to wear masks. They're still going to need to physically distance until we can keep the, vac- the, the virus from spreading, period. Now, the Moderna vaccine, they've actually said they think that it actually uh, could prevent asymptomatic spread. And they said there was a trend toward people not even getting infected. The AstraZeneca vaccine, they're saying the same thing. It's a matter of how they designed the study. Were they testing for that? The Pfizer study wasn't testing for whether or not people get asymptomatic spread. They were mm-hmm. testing for whether or not people are dying or oh, getting yeah, hospitalized right. or getting sick. So so I think, you know, it's possible that we may learn uh, in the near future that, hey, these vaccines actually stop people from getting infected, period. Um, and that would be great. But at the very least, we know they stop people from from getting really sick with COVID. And that's really important. And so I think that that's that's kind of what we know. We know that we're still going to be using some of these public health measures, even with uh, vaccine going out in our communities. But but I think we got to be really careful um, because I think people want people want to get the shot in their arm, then go like throw a party. Right. <laughs> like, <"We're> all- <laughs> Listen, that's um, all I hear. <laughs> doesn't work like that. Doesn't work like that. You got to stay safe until the vaccine's not spreading in our community anymore. Right. And that's when you can be like, okay, when there's no spread in our community, right. that's when we can we can get back to some semblance of normal.